you're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Bill's Pipes, and Just One Helmets. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, but with us on the line, we've got another podcast host. He hails from, uh, I guess you'd call it the Midwest, uh, originally from Minnesota, I believe, uh, now from uh, Wisconsin, Uh, none other than Scott King. How's it going, Scott? Hey, going pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I appreciate you giving me some time. Scott, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast, the Talkin' Moto Podcast. Yeah, so yeah, Talkin' Moto. Uh, just uh, just a couple buddies that, you know, like to sit around and talk some moto. So uh, we go live on Mondays. Try to, We try to start at 8 o'clock. So, but uh, yeah, it's myself and uh, my buddy Jason and Jeff. We used to kind of all ride together and actually used to cut uh, a lot of graphics for Jason in his trucking days and used to race uh, race cars. So that's kind of how I got to know all those guys. And yeah, we've just been buddies for quite a few years and yeah, got this idea to do a little moto podcast and uh, those are the guys I thought of. And yeah, we've been plugging away for a couple years. This is our second year, so it's been uh, it's been pretty fun well it is really fun and i think that anyone who's deeply uh involved in motocross someone who does it on a weekly basis or uh or is at least uh, a a big fan of it uh has that group of guys that uh once the bikes are all loaded up more often than not we uh gather around somebody's tailgate and bullshit for uh, about 20 30 40 maybe two hours while we swap (laughs) mosquitoes and um and, and the the fish stories come out where the jumps were way bigger than we thought they were. We were all faster than we remember, and uh, it's really cool with your podcast because uh, it's nice to kind of just be a fly on the wall with uh, with you guys, uh, just full blown spitballing and uh, coming up with uh, some really cool insight to uh, both Supercross and Motocross races. Yeah, for sure. And then you know, for us, it's you know it we're trying to grow a little bit, you know, there's obviously other podcasts and with, you know, social media by, you know, people know the minute the race is over, who's finished where. So it's like, they're not tuning in to, you know, find out race results, you know, so hopefully people are tuning in because, you know, we could have, uh, you know, a local guy on that, you know, that we like, you know, are supporting and are pushing to, you know, for them to do better, you know, so, um, hopefully they like who we have on and, and who and what we're talking about. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. 
Yeah, you definitely have a lot of interesting guests, a lot of local guys, and uh, like, what better way to give some local talent a platform to broadcast themselves, broadcast those sponsors, and uh, and and maybe be able to cultivate some new sponsors by um, broadcasting to, I got to imagine, is an international audience for you. I know I'm listening to your show, so I'm out of country, and uh, I know my own analytics show anything from uh, New Zealand to Paraguay to you name it, Chile. They're all, all over the world. Uh, there's some, there's some listeners, uh, and uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, and that gives all of those who come on your show a great opportunity to uh, showcase those sponsors and uh, uh, and gain a little bit of a media experience. Because uh, as you go through the ranks, uh, we see a lot of these kids get to the top of the uh, list, and uh, all they know how to do is list off sponsors. Right. Yep. And I know last week we had uh, uh, Joe Perrin on, so he's. Yeah. A, a local guy from Minnesota and you know just the story he's telling you know he's like he works all day and or four days out of the week and they get done with work on Thursday and you know it's overnight driving to get to the race and you know they he's been making it you know and then as soon as it's over they load it up and head back and you know then back to work Monday you know so yeah just just what those guys are having to go through to to get there and and I think it's cool, and I like listening to to their stories, so works out pretty good. Well, everybody's got a story in motocross, and uh, it's all relatable. Um, like I, I've said with you last night, my fastest lap on a motocross bike is just as scary as Ryan Villapoto's fastest lap on a motocross bike. We're just going about 40 seconds a lap, different speed. Uh, and that same rush of adrenaline is um, is transferred, and it's all part of a brotherhood that uh, is uh, all encompassed by the Talking Moto podcast. Hell Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, before we get too far into this, I wanted to uh, alert my listeners to uh, a little thing that you yourself have going on over at Scott King Designs. Um, you, you put together some pretty cool shirts, like uh, like completely one-off uh, designs. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, well, the Scott King Designs, that's kind of been a hobby of mine for, and we're pushing probably 12, 13 years, so... Um, yeah, I've been doing uh, cut vinyl graphics, you know, since like 2004. Um, and then, yeah, I picked up a screen press maybe four or five, six years ago, five years ago, I think. And yeah, so I do, uh, yeah, I do custom screen printing and uh, just about anything people want. So get into the websites, decals, t-shirts, hoodies, all that kind of stuff. So that's killer, man. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, some listeners can hear that. And if uh, if they need some some shirts to uh, to wear at the track, if they got a, a sports team that they're they're looking, uh, you got a beer league sports team that you need jerseys for. T-shirts are a great option for that. And uh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, let's get straight into uh, talking some moto. Uh, just the two of us, unfortunately, uh, Jason and Jeff can't join us tonight. But uh, let's call this a little bit of an all-star show uh, as uh, the two hosts go toe-to-toe take it easy on me all right i will uh we're only really going to talk about the top five in uh the lucas oil pro motocross ama championship series um starting with the 250s and uh who better to start with than uh, your current points leader at 219 points an 18 an eight point lead for marvin moving marvin muscan um 
what can you say about the number 25 machine? He looks smooth. He looks confident. He looks like uh, maybe a Diet Coke version of a James Stewart back in 2004 when, let's be honest, he probably should have been on 450s already. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he looks good. Um, it's uh, it's tough. You know, I, I'm i going to kind of skip him a little bit, but uh, I'm, I got to say I'm a Martin fan, but Course. But Come on but, but those two, you know, it's what what's bumming me out about the two fifties right now is and and else I've unless I've been sleeping under a rock, have those two started one two and battled a whole moto, you know? I don't think they've seen much of each other at all, really. Like a couple of laps during motos, but for the most part they've either had each other's number completely or have have, have not ended up uh like locking horns at all. Right, and that that's what bums me out about the 250s is like I want to see the, these two battle it out, and it kind of seems like you know, uh, well, it's been two weeks ago, Marvin gets the you know hole shot, and I don't know what happened with Martin, but he was kind of back and had to work his way kind of toward the front, you know, battling with his brother, but you know, it's like he had to work his way up, and Muskin's gone, you know, and both motos, so. Hopefully those two can battle it out and see, you know, because it's kind of been vice versa. You know, Martin gets to start, and then Muskin either crashes or something happens to him. He tips over in that corner, and then he's got to work him, himself up, you know. So I'd like to see him battle. So hopefully uh, hopefully it'll happen this weekend. This weekend, as well as uh, the Millville National, I got to imagine you'll be making it out for that, seeing as how you made it out for that race uh, this past weekend for the regional qualifier for Loretta Lynn's. Um, I hope to see those two go go toe to toe. Although, in his backyard, I got to imagine you're giving the nod to uh, the uh, the number one machine. <clears throat> yeah, that's tough because I wonder. To me, it, it would almost be more of a disadvantage than an advantage. But um, yeah, you got you got to go with the Minnesota guys. So yeah, I'll be picking uh, Martin and Dungey the whole way. I don't I don't care who's lining up. That's that's my picks. What if Jeremy Martin comes out, or or Ryan Dungey will be coming out for his parade lap in a number nine Mike Medano Minnesota North Stars jersey. <laughs> I'm talking lime green, black with the yellow, that ugly number, and the white uh, uh, lettering across the top. How sweet would that be? <laughs> yeah, but you're you're into that hockey. That was that was before me, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't I didn't get into the hockey till it was the wild. So ah, the wild. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, always love. The uh, the beautifully ugly uniforms of uh, the 1970s and 80s, um, but uh, that would be pretty cool. I'd love to see something like that. Like uh, I'm I'm sure they they do something pretty cool. Um, getting into the, uh, the tail end of our podium, and actually, if you were to tell me after five rounds that Jesse Nelson was going to be third in points. Well, I'd have to go back to my season preview, but uh, I don't think I would have put him in my top three. In fact, I think I, I for sure would have put uh, Adam Cianciarillo and Zach Osborne ahead of him. Uh, so, it, it to me, Jesse Nelson, uh, I think he has he won a moto so far, as well as um, he's just he's been really strong and steady. He's quite a few points back, mind you, uh, over fifty points back at uh, for at this particular time, but. 
showing rather strong. Yeah, it's yeah. I guess I'm looking at it now, and that kind of is a little bit of a shocker, you know. I, but he's always been pretty good, you know. So, yeah. thumbs up. You got to give it to him. You got to give him the thumbs up. <laughs> the one that's thumb. Bad, that's a bad joke. Um, uh, so you know, speaking of, I'll I'll just throw this out there. Do you notice do. that outdoors? They don't talk about that. They don't talk about it at all. Yeah, actually, uh, well, you know what? It's a different uh, broadcast crew. Uh, you got Wygant and you have uh, Langston in there. And um, in my humble opinion, I feel like, um, especially because the uh, the races are, are in prime time uh, for Supercross, I feel like it's Ralph Shaheen's job to explain the sport to... Uh, to a newer audience, someone who may not have seen the races before, and to point out something like Jesse Nelson's thumb is uh, kind of like wacky and uh, kind of neat, and uh, you'd have a lot of new listeners be like, wow, this is pretty hardcore. Uh, whereas uh, those who are watching AMA Nationals, uh, I think the, the overwhelming majority of those who watch know damn well how crazy and insanely dedicated you have to be to be doing the sport and uh for the most part i'd say most of the list the, the viewers are uh, are up on the news and the fact that uh jesse is uh, is rocking uh, a little stub on the one hand there <laughs> it's all good it is all good uh what's not all good is to have a highly touted uh, number one prospect. This kid would have gone number one overall in any draft that would ever be held for any sport based on his dominance at the amateur level. Adam Ciancerullo uh, was the kid. At 12 years old, you saw him riding at Jeremy McGrath's place. He had a DC Shoes contract. He was he was signed on with Mitch Payton at this age of 11 years old and has gone on to just, just absolutely trounce the amateur scene. And uh, his pro career has stumbled out of the blocks, especially this year. Um, he's only three points back of a podium position in points, but... Um, my humble opinion being that I am very disappointed so far in Adam's results. I think I don't know where his, his fitness is at. If it if it if it just comes down to fitness, he needs to get that figured out. Maybe he comes back swinging in in Bud's Creek. But what's your take on the uh, on the number fifty? <clears throat> yeah, he's got a few things. Like I think, like we kind of talked about this before, but. You know, I think the the talent of the guys he's racing, I think, is is caught up. But I know, was it last last year's Supercross? He was kind of kicking kicking ass, you know, until he popped his shoulder out. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's got that, and then yeah, he's been dinged up a couple times, so he's got a few things holding him back. But but yeah, it's definitely not as easy as it used to be for him. So, but. Uh, yeah, definitely a lot faster than I'll ever be on a dirt bike. But, uh, you know, if we want to be keyboard warriors and bench <laughs> racers, I'm going to say he's overhyped. And, and yeah. That, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. And uh, on, on a lot of counts, I agree with you. Motocross is one of those, um, it's one of those frustrating sports that 
not always the the fastest, most talented racers win championships. Um, of course, uh, there's there's the years of Ricky Carmichael completely just um, de- decimating the field, and on pure speed, on pure hanging it out, going riding over the edge, Ricky had it. And at those races, the best guy won. The best racer always won that race. Uh, whereas right now I feel like when I watch Adam C and Cirillo, it just gets really frustrating for me because I'm like, I'm, I look at what this kid is capable of. I see where his ceiling is at and I feel like he's flying very, a few levels below where he, where he should be. And uh, as a fan of his, and I, I would say, I would call myself a fan of, uh, of, of, of how he carries himself off the track and, and his, his riding style and the way he, he, uh, he rides. Uh, it, it's frustrating to see. Cause, uh, like I said, I want to see the best kid win. And, uh, on his day when he's fully fit, I feel like there's nobody in the 250 F class faster than Adam Cincirillo. Whoa. I don't know. I think uh, <clears throat> I think it's tough. I think for I think for AC to pull off a win, um, he, I think he'll he'll need some help. And by help, I would mean Martin and Muskin crashing in the first turn. Fair enough. Does that but make does that in make a vacuum <laughs> in a vacuum? Let's 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 do some straight up bench racing right now, in a vacuum. If if Adam Cianciarolo doesn't do his shoulder, he continues to dominate the East Coast in 2014. 14, he wins that championship with X number of victories. Say he win, he won four. I think he like say he won. Uh, uh, say he won six races, ends up winning the shootout, takes it outdoors. Would you say the same thing? That could change. That could change. So the, in. Within me, I still see him as where he should have left off. I feel like he should be able to get back to where his 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 championship status. And I and I'm hoping for it. You know, I really do. I, I want to see him do well. No, nope. yeah, I mean, <sighs> shoot, I don't say know. Say what's on your mind, my friend. It's all good. Like, please do not re- agree with everything I have to say. Lord knows, I'm not uh, correct about everything. Um, uh, and, uh, this is all just, just opinions. Yeah. So I still, I still think it's, I'm where I'm at. I think it's Martin and Muskin are gonna, are gonna beat him. So I don't know if that's just, I get what you're saying. You know, if, if he doesn't get hurt and I think that completely, you know, changes, changes everything, you know, cause mm-hmm. you know, you could have like, where would, where would Webb be at right now? You know? Oh, I gotta imagine he's right up in this mix. Yeah, if he doesn't have that ankle, I if 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 Adam Cianciarolo is it came into this series at a full bill of health and fitness at his absolute peak, like say it, where it was uh, when he got hurt back in Geneva, if his fitness is there and Cooper Webb is 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 firing on all cylinders, straight up Jesse Nelson is not in top three points. Yeah, I I would almost move Nelson to fifth mm-hmm. and I would probably put I would probably put Webb in third and I'd probably keep AC right where he's at. I think you're you're right on, on par like that. I think uh Jeremy outdoors and I don't know how this kid seems to do it. He just like he's able to completely forget about an absolutely butt ugly supercross series 
and uh, and just shake that off and go on into motocross and be like, yeah, no, I dominate here. <laughs> See, I, I always laugh because, and I could have my facts completely ass backwards, but <clears throat> like McGrath used to win all the time Supercross, right? Yes, sir. But outdoors, walking was, calamity. Yeah, just could never quite quite get it figured out, right? Except for ninety five, he won in ninety five, <laughs> right? But it's like kind of opposite for Martin right now, you know. It's like yeah. his little, you know. But <clears throat> obviously, maybe Supercross isn't his thing, and you know, outdoors think, is where it's at. I think that's a product of, uh, and like the kids nowadays, they're on Supercross tracks earlier than they ever were. But the style of riding now, I watch these young kids ride, and it's just hang off the back of the motorcycle and pin it. Doesn't matter if it's hard pack. Doesn't matter if it's like loam, sand, these kids pin it, they scrub, they're all over the motorcycle. Um, of course, Jeremy being a smaller guy, he doesn't have as much movement and he's, he's probably been uh, reeled in by some riding coaches that say, hey, you don't have to use up all that energy. Um, his, I, I think that young riding style just suits itself for, uh, for super or for outdoors. And, um, he just, he's, he's just really adapted himself well to, um, to, to doing well outdoor, outdoors as well as it's all my, it like you you're a racer it's mental when I go to the line I myself I get shitty starts there are three guarantees in life death <laughs> taxes and me getting a bad start so <laughs> honestly like that it, it, it I'm defeated going right to the line I end up coming out of the hole if I end up going through the first corner halfway through the pack that is an unbelievable uh, uh, start for me and when jeremy martin comes to the to the line right now he's thinking win and, and a win alone and i don't think he feels that way in supercross yeah see like like when you watch these guys and and for me like you're talking like the mental side of things it's mm-hmm. like you know you can watch them and they hit a kicker or a breaking bump in the bike it swaps out and if that was if that was me i'd have to stop and change my pants you know but like that yeah. stuff doesn't phase those guys, and it's like no, they man, answer that question with more gas. Yeah, it's like you just about died. I almost witnessed you die, and yeah. it's like no big deal. So yeah, the yeah dirt bike guys, I think uh, you know they're wired a little different. So maybe right. I I missed out on that part, but <laughs> totally agree. <clears throat> now let's round out that top five with uh, a second uh, pro circuit rider, which uh, Mitch Payton's got to be happy about having at least two guys in the top five. He'd rather have them at the front half, not the back half. But uh, nevertheless, Joey Savacci uh, is in is fifth in points. He's uh, six points ahead of Zach Osborne, and he's done so rather quietly. Uh, when I first saw that, I, I did not think that he was in fifth, but uh, he's put in some solid rides. He's been rather consistent. And um, a little bit surprising to me, honestly, because I remember seeing the kid, uh, he diced with Tomac at a few uh, heat races a couple of years ago, and then he busted himself up all last year and, and didn't raise a whole lot. And then now he comes back on the PC team and uh, he was like, he got injured a little bit in Supercross and yeah, fifth in points, can't take anything away from him. No, and <clears throat> yeah, I... Don't want to agree with you again, but yeah, it's pretty quiet. I mean, I really don't even have anything to say about him. You know, it's Perfect. like he's he's there, and yeah, didn't he get like a second or a third overall? 
Something like that. I, th- I think for sure he's got at least a second somewhere. I'd have to uh, I'd have to check the points or his, how his moto scores have broken down. But um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. He's same thing with Zach Osborne though. I think Zach Osborne's gotten second overall twice. Yep. And he's and he's he's sixth in points, and he's only six points back. And I know we're we're kind of dipping down a little bit out of the top five, but uh, yeah. I'm just thinking like, look at what happened to Alex Martin. You know, yes. was sitting what third for what the first three rounds, and yeah. then it's just like, uh. yeah, he was. Uh, I think it was after Colorado, or maybe not after Colorado, because he had a just a butt ugly Colorado. I thought. I don't know which which races he did so poorly at, but either way, uh, he was at one point, yeah, third in points, and uh, the first time an X-Brand goggle athlete has been that far up in a, in a series. That's incredible, and um, I think he, he's almost locked on for being a, a star rider next year. Um, I don't know if that would include being alongside his brother, uh, because would Jeremy not be going to 450s next year? I don't think I. I don't think so. I thought he could. Uh, I thought he could go another year, even if he won this one. Okay, because I didn't know if you could. You could defend your title twice. I don't know how all that. The rules. I. I don't know. I think they need to change some of that stuff. But fair enough. We I, will tackle that when we know more. <laughs> um, when we know more. Uh, before we move on to the 450s, uh, I wanted you to take a look at the rest of that um, list. And I guess you kind of did already, but um, who jumps off the page at you as uh, maybe they don't, that you feel like they shouldn't belong where they're at? You feel like maybe they're overachieving or if they're underachieving? Who, uh, who did you expect more from or who uh, are you um, surprised with their, their changes um. so far? I guess just kind of blitzing through here. I mean, a couple of them that kind of jump out at me is one, uh, Chris Aldridge. You know, we had him on on Talking Moto, and he's a pretty good dude. I guess me personally, I'd like to see him up a little, a little higher than where he's at. But you know, I think obviously Martin Muskin. You know, other than those two, everyone else has kind of had you know, some sort of, I don't want to say disaster, but, you know, had bad motos, you know. And I think you can kind of see that by the points, how, you know, the point difference between second and third, you know, what is it, 60 points, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that is incredible to see uh, the disparity in the points going back into, like, the the bottom half of the top 20. But, uh, um, but then you got... You know, like the other one, Christian Craig, you know, he's only been racing, what, two rounds, three rounds? And three. And he's 16th, 16th in points already. But yeah, obviously when you can get third overall or, you know, that obviously easy to make up points and get inside the top 20. I mean, 20th place is only 29 points, so... But, yeah, that's that's almost a moto victory right there. You'd be swing, you'd be swinging at it. Um, before before we leave the two fifties, I'd be remiss to not get your thoughts on uh, Mitchell Oldenburg, another uh, District Twenty Three rider who uh, has put a lot of time up there. I used to go down and race Staples every once in a while, and uh, he's been on my pack, podcast. I'm sure he's probably been on yours at some point. Yep. Um, 
And uh, so what, what do you have to, uh, to say about the, the 15th overall so far, or 15th in points for uh, Oldenburg? Um, he looks pretty good on that KTM. Ah, dang it. We're, we're on opposite ends, I think, on this one. Um, okay, perfect. Go. I, I, I guess I'd like to see him do a little bit better, you know. Um, and I think he obviously wants to do better than where he's finishing. But yeah, kind of the, that team switch was pretty late, right? He only had a couple days on the bike before he, he went that, out there. Yeah, yeah so... And it, like he would have had a little bit of time on a practice bike and zero time on a race bike. Um, I don't know what kind of settings he's working with. Uh, and from the grapevine, finding out that he wasn't a big fan of the KTM this time last year when he might have ridden one of his friend's KTMs that was uh, nicely appointed. Uh, I personally thought he would have uh, been better served to uh, race uh, selected rounds uh, on the team that he was originally with, Arm Energy Yamaha. Right. No. Um, yeah, I just, when I see his name, all I really think about right now is uh, just him and Supercross this last year. I mean, the dude had some, obviously had some speed, but man, did he crash a lot. So, yes. And him, I, him and Aldridge were trying to uh, <laughs> set a record for how many uh, radiators you can smash in an in eight round series. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. And those guys are, they're tough. I mean, they take some good spills and one, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm sure they're pretty banged up, but I mean, not breaking anything, you know, is, I don't know how they do that. They got, uh, they're made of rubber. They got, they, not. they got that tuck and roll down. I, I got the tuck and smash down, I guess. Yeah. I got the stick and arm out and uh, end up uh, with a uh, separated shoulder and a trip to the hospital going on. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, that's it for the 250s. Uh, I'm going to set it off to my commercial break. At this point, I'm sure you're going to slide your own commercials in. Uh, and uh, yeah, so let's go to commercial here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing, x Brown Goggles, Bill's Pipes, and Just One Helmets, as well as MB1 Suspension, the Open Mick Podcast, uh, Moto Kazi. Uh, and uh, all of your awesome sponsors, including Scott King Designs. Hell yeah. All right, guys. All right, guys. guys. It's time for a commercial. commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us.
real bees, and it goes. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Much 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. And we're back. 
uh, not so live here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, Bill's Pipes, X Brown Goggles, and Just One Helmets. Still on the line with me, he hasn't hanging up, he hasn't gotten tired of me just yet. Is Scott King from the Talking Moto Podcast? Those guys go live on Monday nights. Right around 8, 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, if it's a little later, they apologize. But nevertheless, always a good listen. Scotty, how are you enjoying this so far? Hey, pretty good. It's uh, it's good. It's nice to kind of bounce uh, bounce a little moto off someone else for a change. And, yeah, having a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, like-mindedness in our uh, affinity for motocross. But uh, maybe some, uh, some, some differing of opinions. And it's always good banter. Love to have you on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Awesome. So let's head straight into the 450 class, and uh, I sense a bit of a rant coming on because I know your favorite rider's coming up. He's sitting in the second place spot, uh, and uh, but let's talk. Off, let's start right off with the number one guy. Uh, he's number five in your program, number one in your heart. He's got 222 points so far with a decent sized lead over second place, none other than Ryan Dungey. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Thanks, bud. Um, yeah, I mean, wow. It's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, things were looking pretty ugly at the beginning of the year. And I guess I shouldn't say ugly. He was, I don't want to say he was doing what he always was doing, but I mean, second, you know, and Tomac was just on a completely another, another level than anyone else. So, but, you know, it happened and. Now Tomac's gone, and yeah, now Dungey's looking pretty good, and and uh, yeah, I'm Supercross this year. I was I was on the Ken Roxon bandwagon, and wow. yeah, yep. Was there a room? It, well, it was tight. A lot of people. Did they speak German on the on the bandwagon. <laughs> um, but uh, was is los? Whoa. But. <laughs> Now, you know, I, I'm I'm a Dun- I'm Dungey. I'm I'm on the Dungey. I don't know. I guess you could say, band. You're on the you're on the Dungey Diesel. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, he's looking good. You know, and I'm. I don't want to say I'm not a Ken Roxon fan. I am not a fan of what. I should say maybe like the TV to me is doing to Roxon. Like to me, okay. to me, it feels like this is Roxon's title to lose. But he is what thirty nine points or thirty five points, whatever it is, down. And something like that. Yeah, it looks like about thirty uh, seven. And it's, it's, I don't know. We we me and Jason kind of talked about this. It's like. Okay, so this last or two weeks ago, they flipped moto scores. So nothing happened, right? So yeah. it's like if I'm done, gee, fine, I'll go, you know, one, two the rest of the way. And which I think is kind of weird. Like you get, yeah, you tie in points, but on the score sheet, you got second, but you're still going to win the title. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you minimize the damage. Uh, you basically uh, 
nullify every round. Actually, if you want to go back to 2007, I believe that's how Ryan Villapoto wrapped up his championship. Ben Townley had some shitty motos uh, about halfway through the year and was never able to uh, to recover because for six motos in a row, they just swapped out. Yep. And, and Ryan kept getting the overall, or maybe he didn't get the overall, but... If you go into a race with a 25-point lead and you come back, come out of the 25-point lead, no harm, no foul. You just spend some energy. That's all. Right. And I don't know. If I'm Donji, it's like, fine. That that doesn't bother me any. Obviously, he had the speed to win first moto. And I was kind of hoping he would have. I was hoping he would have caught and passed him in that second moto and been like, F you to everybody. Yeah. See you later. But for sure, didn't happen. But that's my only beef. I just think they're kind of plugging rocks in a little bit, and and uh, I don't know if maybe maybe that's exciting, and that's why they do that, and done the the whole Dungy and the Diesel thing, and I don't know. But well, you you got to bring attention to your champ, and uh, I think. Um, especially at this point, uh, they're, they're searching for some storylines because, uh, between Jason Anderson, Justin Barsha, Blake Baggett, Brock Tickle, Weston Pike, like those are your number one contenders going down the line. I don't see any of those guys contesting for overall victories. Do you? No, no. So like they got to talk about one or the other. (laughs) <laughs> and one of them's got a big number one on his bike. So for new listeners, they probably want to know what's going on with the yellow guy. Right. Yeah, I get your point there. But and I think it's, it'll be the same thing when we talked uh, in the 250s. You know, I think in order for, say, Anderson or Barsha or, or even Baggett to win, any of those guys, um, something's going to have to happen to those top two. Hmm. I, otherwise, I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah, other of course. Than maybe like a mud race where everyone goes down or something like that. Like I, I could see a mud race where a Blake Baggett would have an unbelievable moto, or maybe a Washugal where somehow Christophe Purcell puts two motos together. The thing is, it's with with motocross. It's not just one race like Supercross. You got to do it for two motos, thirty five plus two, badass. Hit your lines. And do and be consistent. I just don't see that from a guy who's currently in uh, over a hundred points back. Right. Nope. Yeah, you're you're right on there. And yeah, even rocks. And I mean that last uh, last summer at um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Iron Iron, Iron Man. Man. Sorry. Yeah. You know that was uh that was a bad Indiana. That was a bad deal. That track would have been so awesome. Like we were driving to the track. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at my phone at the radar and I'm like, oh yeah, it's just a just a little bit of rain. No big deal. And oh sweet deal. Jesus. Yeah. Freaking monsoon and it's like you're walking the track and it's just perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it went to hell. But but yeah, I mean Roxon rode good good there in the mud, so awesome. So uh let let's uh let's talk a little bit about the guys who are t- uh, rounding out your top three uh and i feel like these guys they're honestly they're only five five points separates them um and i feel like the three of them are just gonna swap positions 
over and over and over again until the series is done. Uh, and one guy who might have something to say about that is the Trey Kennard, who uh, very likely to come back in the next couple of races. Um, first off, where do you see where do you see Trey fitting in uh, once he rejoins the series? And uh, between those three racers right there, uh, who do you feel is going to get the edge uh, by the time the checkered flag flies in uh, Indiana? Hmm. Well, that's tough. Because you have to assume that Kennard's not going to just come back to come back. Like, he'll come back ready to ready to go. Always does. Yes. Often crashes. <laughs> so I, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he comes back and he's he's that third place guy. Yeah, but, absolutely. Like, or or what if it's one of those like uh, 2003 where James Stewart came back and just went like uh, how many motos oh. in a row would have been twelve? Like, was it sixteen motos in a row? Yeah, <clears throat> he ended up with three hundred points. That's not happening. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, but nevertheless, um, he can definitely contend for victories. I think he can be a podium guy. Um, do you see any? Do you see like uh, a Blake Baggett? Uh, his uh, fitness carrying him through the later portion of the series to capture that number three ride with his just one helmet. <laughs> do, do I have to pick him? No, you don't have to pick him. I could just—I'm I'm just giving you a reason as to maybe why he might rise to the top. You could turn that around and say that no, Justin Barsha uh, has won, like arguably, been more successful than Beggett in the last number of years. And with that wrist injury, there's no way Beggett's going to be able to hold up, and Barsha's going to be like, what? Like, give me some reasons, brother. I'm just going on who I, who I, who do I want to win? I would like to see Baggett. I like Baggett over Barsha. Fair enough. You just don't like facial hair. I understand. He looks like a Yeti. No. He does. No, he I, does. I, don't, I think, I don't know which podcast I was listening to or if this was an article. Um, just like Barsha and how he rides that bike and if it's, you know, is he tiring himself out or maybe the, I'm just pulling stuff out of my butt here, but... Uh, but no, I, I I like Baggett, and I'd like to see him do a little bit better. I don't know any more than that, other than I like Baggett a little bit more than I like Justin Barsha. I like Justin Barsha on a KTM 300 more than I like him on a 450. That would make sense. You know what I mean? If you're out of a 300 two-stroke and just scream that thing and chuck it around and it's a little bit lighter and maybe that tire they like you'd have to get in a lot better shape to 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 just kill it on a two-stroke because we all know that those things vibrate like crazy and they're it'd probably be a uh, hell in a handbasket to uh hold on to but um i don't think justin barsh's 450 career will spell to be anything compared to his 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 250 career i feel like he was too much of a specialist on that machine and i throw this analogy at you a mike brown mike brown never really achieved ultimate greatness 
on a 450, but throughout his entire career, never uh, until the later portion, never had to move up uh, because of the, the point system the way it was. And the guy just fit that bike. He's a smaller guy. Uh, and the way he rides the bike is special to the 125-250F. Uh, and because the, the the situation they have now where guys can't move back and they can't cherry pick back in the 250F class uh, and make a career out of it, um, Justin Barsha is kind of, in a lot of ways, kind of maligned to become that fourth to seventh place guy for the rest of his career unless he makes some serious changes to the way he rides motorcycle. I think uh, I would have to uh, agree with that, but it, it's... And, get, and shave your face, my, my God. Shaved his head. Yeah, well, you know what? The, the razor can be, can be used elsewhere. <laughs> uh, we have the technology. <laughs> what, uh, what's your thoughts on, like, Tickle? You know, he's sitting sixth, you know, just outside, but... That's where, that's where Brock, that's, that's what Brock Tickle does. Yeah, that's 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 like just like Brock Tickle, Weston Pike, Phil Nicoletti, um, to a lesser extent, Justin Brayton. Like those guys. Like if if like if you could if you wanted to th- like absolutely turn those results on their ear, wouldn't be surprised. If you turn them back the other way, wouldn't be surprised. If you threw them in a boggle and throw them out, I wouldn't be surprised. They're those guys to me are very interchangeable. Um, they're they put in laps. Uh, they're very competitive, but they they lack that killer instinct to uh, to push and get to that next level. What's your uh, thoughts on Purcell last week or two weeks ago? Um, I seen he. It's kind of funny. He nabbed the you know the fastest time right at the end, and. Uh, I saw that and I was doing my the fantasy stuff and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not like surprised that he got it, you know, but I'm like, don't pick him for a top five. And then no. And that's why he's in ninth place. Uh, I think his fitness is not nearly where it's at. It needs to be. I doubt he I feel like uh, there's a, a little bit of an attitude problem there and uh, a serious lack of desire. I think that um, his injury that he had a few years ago has had him gun shy for a long period of time, but at the same time, he still has that ability to throw it down for one lap. And it, it's a lot like, like say that X racer that uh, if you call him out a few a, enough times, you might uh, throw a leg over a bike and show you how it's done. But that's for a limited amount of time. Like like you've heard it before. I know you listen to the Pulp and Mech show. I listen to the Pulp and Mech show and that whole, uh, did you not think I was fast thing? <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I know the, the kid's fast. I just, I know, I also know that he can't do it for 35 plus two. Right. Well, that's what I was, that shocked me though, that he got fifth overall. I'm like, ah, making me look like an ass, but, but yeah, so yeah, I, to agree with you like yeah he's fast but yeah he's where he's where i thought he would be last week and then he goes and pulls a fifth and jacks my picks yeah well like like, uh between between himself and uh and josh grant in the 2000 or uh after 2010 uh i don't know who would have a better idea of what a renthal sprocket tastes like but uh those those guys would be the 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 two i'd I'd be going to ask oh shoot um 
<laughs> let let me spin this back to you. So what? Go ahead. What rider in the four fifties in the top twenty that you're shocked as to where they're at? Um, one guy that uh, pops off the page to me is a guy that's only raced two events. Uh, actually, two different guys that have always only raced two against both Ryan Sipes and Brett Metcalf. Brett Metcalf only raced the two first races, had very good showings, and then you have Ryan Sipes, a guy who uh, isn't even specializing in this discipline in motocross anymore. Two guys that are holding the 18th and 19th place overall in the series. Actually, I guess they're tied for 18th with Matt Lemoyne. They all have 36 points. Um, that really surprises me. The fact that there's not more depth in the series or, or where you have a lot more guys consistently putting themselves inside the points and uh, accruing enough points to hold down those positions. If I had to pick a more regular guy, I, uh, I guess I would pick a guy like um, Cole Seeley. I, I think Cole Seeley raw speed should be, and skills on a motorcycle should be ahead of guys like Weston Pike, but I feel like outdoors is all about bulldogging, charging, and throwing your motorcycle around. And um, Cole Seeley, um, I think he's lacking a little bit of that uh, toughness, that grit, that uh, pin it and just go for it attitude that uh, the, the, the outdoors needs. Supercross is about hitting your marks. It's it's very similar. Like that's why Jeremy McGrath was so successful. He was a BMX rider. It's all about matching those transitions, hitting your marks, and rolling those turns properly. Whereas outdoors, it's how much throttle can you pull as quickly as can you pull it, and how late are you going to hit the brakes? That's outdoors, <laughs> and that's not Cole Seely. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's get it like before I let you go because I do have another podcast coming in in uh, uh, the span of about seven minutes. I think I can push it off a little bit, but uh, I wanted to get your take on the whole Chad Reed two two thing. About forty five minutes ago, Chad Reed on Instagram releasing a statement that two uh, two Motorsports has closed its doors for good, um, and uh, like many many reasons going behind that. Uh, did you sense something like this happening? What's your reaction to uh, to Chad Reed closing the doors over at 2-2? Uh, I guess, honestly, I I just been so busy the last couple weeks. I, I caught a little bit. I heard something about he was having surgery. I heard something about uh, them closing the doors. And then I hear something about, um, you know, he might be coming back on a Yamaha. And it's like, it's like, ah. And the one thing I that kind of drives me nuts is like, and I get it, they, but it's like, why don't they say what's going on? Like, what does it matter? You know, I think it'd be better if, yep, you know, shit's just not working out. And at this point, I'm just going to, we're going to close it down, going to get my stuff fixed, and then I'm going to regroup and see where I'm going, you know? And I sometimes don't like all this, like, hush-hush and... Yeah, maybe we don't need to know, but like you not telling people what's going on, people start assuming stuff, and then I think it kind of changes how people look at you as as a rider or how you present yourself. And I don't know if that makes me sound like an an ass or not, but that's how I feel. I don't. Does that that make sense? 
It does make sense. Um, bottom line, I, I feel like uh, Chad Reed deserves a, uh, a resounding round of applause from the motocross community for trying to take this on. Um, very similar to uh, a McGrath-style team that he had put on with a lot of his own money at the ten tail end of his career, uh, getting a lot of outside sponsors, doing his due diligence. Uh, he's extremely finicky on the motorcycle, so he surrounded himself with great people. He gave unbelievable technicians great jobs, good positions with his team, and he did see some success. Um, I think in a lot of ways, Chad Reed as an athlete has... Um, He's lost a step a little bit. He's uh, he's Jerry Rice at the Raiders. He's uh, Wayne Gretzky with the uh, New York Rangers. He's 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 just he's a guy. He's a he's a fastball pitcher who's lost his fastball. He just doesn't have the ability. He's a he's a home run hitter that can't hit the long ball anymore. Flashes of brilliance for sure. He he has the ability to get a whole shot, and when everything goes right, the stars align, he can win a championship. But in a lot of ways, I don't like, I don't, I don't want to see my hero go out like that. And uh, it, it's, it's just, it's tough to see someone who expects so much from themselves and works so hard for their results and to like go out there and, and just not have it today. You know what I mean? Like I, mean, I just don't have the magic. And when the magic is routinely not there anymore, whereas five years ago, the magic was alive and well, it's, it's tough, tough to see. And, um, uh, I hope, I hope it's not complete. It's not the, the end of Chad Reed as an athlete, but, um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's sad to see his doors close. Yeah, it, it is. And, uh, yeah, I know I, I, it was awesome. You know, when I, when he won last year or whatever, you know, just seeing him win in Supercross again, is like, man, that's, that's pretty awesome, you know? And, yeah, maybe just outdoors. It just doesn't. Uh, it's just a completely different beast, and just wasn't working out. And yeah, I, I like everything else. I'm sure there's more to the story than they're obviously letting out. But I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, I guess I'd like to see him keep it going, then to shut the doors, and then go hop on another team. But then, you know, too, that's obviously a lot less stress on a guy. You know he just has to worry about doing his job and that's riding dirt bike. You know, he doesn't have to worry about all the other crap that 90% of the people don't know about, you know? So, yeah. Oh, totally. I, and, uh, what, what 90% of his competition don't have to worry about, like Justin Barsha is not worried about the, the helm, like the camera on top of his helmet. He has like, doesn't care. Right. So I, I, I can totally see both sides, but, uh, yeah, hopefully he's not done and out, and you know, I hopefully he'll be back. Right on. Now, before I let you go, we talked about this before we hit record. I want to hit you with one thing before I absolutely let you go, uh, because Jam and Josh Fariz is patiently awaiting in Southern California. <laughs> um, you are a team manager of a Supercross team, 17 weeks on the road with these guys. You got to go box vans. You're traveling with them. You're in you're in the trenches with these guys for 17, or I guess it would be 18 weeks in a row. Uh, two 125 riders, two 250 riders, any era. 
who is your team and why? <clears throat> well, don't make fun of me. But uh, I only make fun of you the way you, because of the way you talk. <laughs> so my 450 picks, and I really don't have no rhyme or reason for any of these, but uh, I picked Andrew Short and Kevin Windham as my 450 guys. Okay. And uh, now we're going to have to go, obviously, a little back in time because you actually brought him up on a, a 125, and that was uh, Mike Brown. So, yeah. And I picked him before you said that. So, That's fun. Hey, I like myself some brownie. <laughs> so I picked Mike, Mike Brown and uh, went with uh, Donnie Schmidt as my other guy. Donnie Schmidt, of course, going going with the uh, I guess would be home home yeah hometown boy, uh, rest his soul. Unbelievable racer, unbelievable ambassador for the sport of motocross. I'm sure in in Minnesota as well as the rest of the world. Yeah, it was a it was a bummer because I remember going to Minneapolis the Supercross '96. That was man, I hope I got my year right. It was the first, that was the first Supercross that I'd ever gone to. And then they kind of did like a, a moment of silence thing. And at that time I had no idea who he was. So, but yeah, that's, uh, those are, those are my two fifty guys. Those are your two fifty guys. Uh, any reason why you'd want to be on the road with Andrew short? I hear his, his socks stink. Uh, I picked Andrew. It was pretty funny. We went to St. Louis, uh, oh man, probably eight years ago now. And you know how they do like the, the rider introductions, you know, and we're standing there just kind of, you know, waiting for the show to get going. And I turn around and Andrew Short's standing right behind me. There he is. And then like all these people are like, like he's trying to, I took it as he's like trying to hide, like, you know, kind of got his cap pulled down you know just real quiet and he's like hey mind if i just sit there so like he sat in our seats and just kind of hung out there until they introduced him and then he walked right down by us so and and obviously tv makes him you know they show him and you know he just seems like a a good dude and i've heard nothing but kind of nice things about him so yeah he seems like a a good dude to hang out with Awesome. Well, that's really cool. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brown Goggles, Bill's Pipes, and, of course, Just One Helmets. Um, thank you for giving your time. It's been uh, a course of about four hours over the last two days. Of course, we didn't uh, get a whole lot from last night's uh, conversation recorded, uh, but uh, for, for podcast reasons anyway. But uh, uh, always a great talk. Um, just uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. I want to thank uh, MB1 Suspension. I want to thank uh, Plainview Power Sports as well as Northland MX, the Open Mick Podcast, uh, Scott King Designs, as well as Motokazi. Uh, and uh, if you're buying anything over on Amazon, make sure to head over to TalkinMoto.com. Click on the banner uh, because I have a feeling you guys get a little piece of that. Yeah, we're trying. And it, uh, you know, every little bit helps. So, but, uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. Check us out. Yeah. we got t-shirts on there. We try to sell and, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're doing the Amazon deal, it looks a little bit different, but it pulls all the info from Amazon. So yeah, we get a, a small chunk of that and yeah, help, help pay for some stuff. That's, uh, that's the whole deal with that. Um, 
for sure. Make uh, pay pay some bills. Make sure uh, I can I can afford to uh, keep my Skype account uh, full of uh, digits when I'm calling uh, out of country nonstop. Hey, I want to ask you something before we we go here. Um, are you are go you ahead. going to Millville then? I will be in Millville, my friend, uh, the whole weekend, uh, amateur practice, amateur race, race day, and uh, seeing if I can't stay for uh, the Sunday event as well. Cool. Well, yeah, I, I think as of right now, I'm going to try to swing up uh, either Thursday night or right away Friday morning. So, But, uh, yeah, we'll have to keep in touch, and yeah, I'll definitely have to find you when we get up there and uh, have a couple beers or something. Absolutely, Scott. Can't wait to have a watered-down American beer with you. <laughs> Should be a good time. Right on, Scott. We'll keep in touch. You have yourself a great night. All right, you too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.